Welcome to the Corona Shift, the podcast that asks performers how they're getting by when the bars are all closed and the shows are all canceled. I'm your host today, Alice Rose, and joining me for this interview is Luba Magnus, who's an incredibly talented, uh, multi-talented illustrator comedian from Toronto. Uh, we also have a special co-host for the night. Uh, it's it's going to be Marty Young, who's a great friend of mine. Uh, Marty has uh, recently done a great write-up and uh, uh, an expose on, not an expose, but just a write-up <laughs> about... <laughs> so, <laughs> sometimes when I'm doing this, I just, words come out. I don't even know. <laughs> just a, She did this great write-up on Luba, so we decided uh, to invite her on to, to co-host this show. It was her idea. Let's welcome to the show, Marty Young. Hey. All right. So, for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming to co-host. You're going to be the very first co-host of the show. Um, so we're making we're making uh, we're making history here. Uh, yeah. So Marty, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I am um, I'm an arts and culture writer, and I really really love comedy. Um, I started writing about comedy. I, I had this awful night shift job, uh, and I was it was like no place for an introvert or an extrovert like me. I, I had and I only had one night a week off, and so uh, I started. It was just my days were becoming my nights, and you know, um, so I really was like, I need to get some joy back in my life, and and the so Sunday. I opened up Now Magazine. I was like, what can I do that, you know, I'll really enjoy myself. And I, uh, I, I found Sunday Night Live. I started going to Sunday Night Live. Oh my and, God, yeah. Um, so at, like, it was a, I really, really enjoyed it because it was just, that was the first time I went to Comedy Bar and that was the first time I was around that atmosphere that we all, you know, you know, we just love it mm -hmm. there. And so I started going to Sunday Night Live um and then uh that was when i met john blair who would become i didn't really he was the head writer of the sketchersons so i was right i was um going to see the sketchersons do sunday night live every sunday and so we became friends like we gradually got to talking um and then one night they had these comp tickets these comp tickets that they would give and after i've been going for like a couple months on and off uh Eventually, uh, there was one night where everybody was drinking at Comedy Bar, and this uh, person was like, you're cool, all right? Like, you're cool. And they came out, and it was Andy Ald, and he, he was a cast member at the time, and he gave me this huge stack of comp tickets, so these business card comp tickets. And, mm -hmm. he, um, and he gave them to me, and he said, just come back as much as you want. And so oh I, I thought that was really nice. Um, and then I, so I started originally just posting about comedy as a way to like say thank you for these comp tickets. And mm -hmm. then John Blair entered the picture and he said to me, he was like, your posts on Instagram are really good, but you should make it its own thing. Like it, it should be its own account. And so that's when I started the young modern and, and it just kind of grew from there. And then, uh, that grew into writing articles for CBC Comedy and for the Interrobang in the States. And um, and I just, I really like, more than, more than being a critic, I just think my job is to commemorate the art that I'm stoked on. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I love about you. you. You said it rather than being a critic, you're doing critiques of comedy, but they're always so supportive. And you write about what you love more than what you hate. Um, to the to a degree, of course. <laughs> but um, yeah, and you've I just I love your influential voice. And you're such an inspiration for me and always well, such a, just a great I, help. So I'm really I'm always inspired by um, inspired by like bloggers like Jeffree Star and fashion bloggers and food bloggers who they don't have time to talk about it's all in what I don't say you know if I see an awful show like I remember there was a show um one that one of the first shows I ever met you at how we like got talking was there was an awful show and you were the only good set on it and I was like who is this woman who is amazing and so funny and really tried to bring this show around so if there's a bad show like that's what I'm paying attention to I always I have no time for when uh, when somebody's like, oh, I really bombed. Are you going to write about that? Except <laughs> if it's a new female comic, because that's all that's like linked into a whole bunch of stuff. But I'm like, mm-hmm. if you bomb and you bombed in front of me, don't think I'm going to pay attention to your bad set. Like I'm paying attention yeah. to put in the work. Yeah. Well, because you love comedy so much. I think I remember that show. I think I know which one it is. Um, I distinctly remember everyone else really, really bombing. Um, and I remember seeing you and you were just walking through the venue and I was like, who is this crazy mystical, uh, like super fashionable person just like taking charge of the, I don't know. You just, you had such a presence. So I was like, I need to get to know this woman. And yeah, Um, our chemistry is, is pretty legendary. Like Alice, we have. I think that a lot of the a lot of the same people don't like us and don't understand us and then even the the people that do like us and understand us they they really like us. Who doesn't yeah. like people? <laughs> Who are these people? They tend to be they the same matter. people. They tend oh, to be the same oh, people. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. We don't need uh, yeah. Is, so, if it does, um, is it condemned after COVID? Do we know? Is what? Is what? Is what? Is it Jimmy Jazz? Is it condemned after COVID? Condemned. No. <laughs> Jimmy Jazz. Oh my God. Uh, those nights, that Jimmy Jazz. I love it. All and- right. Well, we're going to get the show started. <laughs> Let's welcome our. <laughs> Just steering away from that train wreck, we're going we're gonna to introduce our guest of the night. Welcome. Uh, the creator of Drawn Up Comedy and the super funny, unique. I'm just, I'm just in love with this person, Luba Magnus. How are Hello. you today? Good. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> it's funny. I met you at Jimmy Jazz. <laughs> oh my no god! Yeah. Yeah. You and Lucy, Lucy Gervais. Mm-hmm. Were <laughs> yeah, and it was like a train wreck of a show, and you went on, and we were like, thank God. <laughs> right, right. Uh, yes, that's true. Another legendary night where I met two incredible, incredible comics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you changed a lot of my perspectives that night. I was like, comedy doesn't have to be this dark pit. <laughs> comedy doesn't have to, like, I don't, I, I, I just you showed me that things can be 
not douchey and still super really funny and it can be like wholesome and endearing and also still really funny in a time (laughs) where I was surrounded by like small town comics who were like it was rough it was rough so yay (laughs) yay that being said I'm doing really well today um let's talk about you a little bit tell me about yourself tell me about drawn up Okay, um, Drawn Up is a show that I started um, a couple years ago now because I can only run it a couple times a year because it takes so much work. Um, it is, I always wanted to combine my animation skills with my stand-up skills. I, I don't like it when I do stand-up and people are like, oh, but you're an animator, why don't you do that? And I'm like, well, no, I'm very much a stand-up comedian, but I think they can both um help each other in a way so I'm like what's the best way to do that and um I'm like well why don't I do a show that's literally hosted by cartoons so I can be on my own show while also running the show (laughs) um and I it's a good way to for myself good way to showcase my writing skills animation skills all that stuff um, in one place, but also a great way to network and uh, help other comedians. I mean, not that <laughs> I've been much help yet, but by getting them to do voiceover and stuff like that, it's another way to use our comedic talents and like get our art out there. Um, mm-hmm. I just found it to be the perfect hybrid to get um, the best of myself out there and to accentuate the best of other people. Yeah, and the one episode that I saw was uh, you had in the intros, you or in the, uh, yeah, in the hosting sets, you had like Brendan D'Souza and Karis Anderson and all of these like great comics as well. Oh, I know. (laughs) And that was so cool as a comic to like to hear other comics voices in the in the animations was yeah. it was a nerdy little like oh, I know this person yeah it's... and at the at the live show there's actually like a credit roll at the end and people get excited for that they're like who was that voice and then, so then you get to see the cartoon with the name and they're like oh cool uh, <laughs> yeah. so so cool <laughs> yeah um yeah drawn up is so 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 cool sorry um marty you i think i cut you off you were saying something oh i was just i we i am on the same page drawn up is lovely i (laughs) was so taken with this show i heard about it and then i think there was two of them that i couldn't make it to and then um and then i was like i have to see this show and the night that i went that subsequently like inspired the profile was um was it was just so lovely it was just like uh and it, it influences all the the i write in the article like it influences all of the people on the lineup and also there's some there was some comics i hadn't seen before so i'm really it it has such it was just like going to this cool <laughs> new thing that um that not a lot of people knew about and was just so like it, 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 when you see it, it's art. It's like so, and your sense of humor lends itself so well to um, to your animations because they're they're yours. You made them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I love the show because it is. It's like you understand the um, the medium of stand up comedy and how to 
integrate your other talents in that. And you do that with illustration, you do that with uh, your quirky sense of humor, and you do that with like your color palettes and everything. You just bring <laughs> so much to the stage and it's always very calculated. So to, to you know, even just as a stand-up comedian, you're pushing those envelopes of what is stand-up comedy and what can be included in that. And then the animations where you're where you're doing multimedia set or shows and you're incorporating all of these cool things. And then you figure it out like everybody puts in like headliner, this person who's been doing it for six months and uh, these attractions and you try to get comedians names and like the headliner is the animation. The animation mm-hmm. is something that is so cool and so such a draw that the comedians that you put on there you have sort of free range to choose and curate your comics um because people are going to show up for that and be exposed to all of these other comics yeah i love i love that you've sort of figured all of that out (laughs) absolutely love it and i'm so jealous (laughs) because it's not a it's oh my friend luba (laughs) (laughs) oh the cat killer new Hi, Luba. Yeah. What's up? I'm a big fan. I'm a caterpillar. <laughs> I crawled all the way down Brand Ave to say that I love you. Love drawing up. Big fan. Keep doing what you're doing. Okay, bye. <laughs> I like that he turned right to the camera, too. He's like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> he knows it's, his angles. I love it. Yes. <laughs> So another thing that I love about Drawn Up is that because it started out as a very multimedia thing, it, it has become sort of adaptable in this time where, where we don't have venues and we don't have live stages. You mm-hmm. already have something to fall back on that's, in, that's integrated into your format. Um, so how have you been... Um, Wow, sorry, my ADHD medication is uh, is is drawing off. It's wearing off. <laughs> like, how have you? Wait a minute, eight eight sequential thoughts in a row. That's fine. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what you've been working on since we haven't had venues? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's funny. I was thinking about this the other day because we had a chat pretty much at the beginning of COVID, and I'm like, yeah. I'm gonna put stuff out all the time and da, 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 and I'm so excited that I have this format. The first month, my creative mind was shot. It was totally shot. Mm-hmm. So it was a real challenge to get the ball rolling. But then once it did, um, I made a new cartoon um, and I actually started making live videos that integrate animation. So a kind of new format for Drawn Up, but that the videos lend to the I guess the vibe, the, very much mm. the vibe and mm-hmm. uh, theme of everything. So it's been a fun way to like even expand creatively on what Drawn Up is, but it's it's been a good challenge to get stuff out. And uh, I guess my challenge is just, I don't know as much how to get it to everyone. I'm like, I'll put it to my socials and we'll see what happens. And hopefully someday it just like goes like that. But in the meantime, I'm just trying as much as I can to make new content. And my goal is to have a new one for tomorrow. So oh, all right. <laughs> What's the new cartoon about? Uh, so it's another live one um, where each episode I make something. Uh, so this time I make 
Uh, well, I, I, each episode I make something, but ultimately I talk to something in my apartment. Hi, I'm Luba, and today we're going to make something very special. Something that's never been made before. Because today we're going to make Believe! Huh? Pretty cool, right? Okay. Hi there. Hello. How are you? Not bad. Wanna grab a drink sometime? Oh, sure. That sounds good to tea. Oh. Oh my god. Wait, is that really how she thinks we sound? I know. It's not great. It's the same voice for both of us. Green tea, chai tea, chai tea latte. This is rough. Okay, hang on. I'm gonna find a way to get us out of here. Okay, great. <clears throat> um, hey, hey, so, wanna grab that drink we were talking about? Yes, please. That sounds great. Cool. Let's just make our way toward the door there. Over there? Oh yeah, sure. Okay, um, yeah. <laughs> Alright, well, thanks for having us over. Yeah, thank you so much. Okay then, well, Bye. see you later. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Yeah, yeah, you animate something in your apartment. Oh gosh, it's so, and that's the thing is it's sweet without being too hyper. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know that sounds strange coming from me, but I'm, I have an intense energy, but I don't have a hyper energy. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it, and it's, it, it, in comedy, a lot, a lot, a lot of energy without control. It's kind of like in dance. If you're very flexible, but you don't have that control it's it becomes kind of just pageantry without substance and and i love how your comedy doesn't i mean maybe it's because i've seen that that it's a very like a very high energy kind of style is really popular in 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 improv and stuff like that and i see a lot of it where mm. people don't necessarily know how do they think that if it's louder equals funnier or zanier equals funnier. And that's what I've always really liked about your cartoons is that they, they just because they're cartoons doesn't mean they have to be, they're loud color, not necessarily loud volume. That's how I feel about a lot of what I do, both in my, my standup as well. And just as a person, <laughs> I, I don't need to be the loudest person in the room. Uh, to say a lot uh, is my opinion and a, a lot of people that's that's how they work and that's great but I, I like to um, yeah not sit back but I very much I, I don't need to be loud to know who I am I guess and so I let that speak through my mediums I try to anyways mm -hmm. yeah does that make sense I hope so <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely it does you don't have to be over the top you can you can be nuanced and and your your statement your work speaks for itself mm -hmm. yeah. thanks <laughs>
Marty, any other questions? Sorry, you cut yeah. out a little bit, I think. Oh. Um, okay. That, 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 that. I just said Sophie won the Juno. I just saw online. <gasps> oh, yeah, my God. Yes. yes. Yeah. That's so Very great. deserving. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. She deserves it. Yeah, after being runner-up how many years in a row for Top Comic, like, give her the Juno. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Um, she was runner-up. She was runner-up uh, 2016. She didn't make the finals in 2017. It, um, I think it was three times. Wow. I think she got oh, wow. second... Um, she got second in 2018, and then mm -hmm. she got second again this year in 2019. Yeah, she um, was top comic, Sirius XM's top comic 2018 too. She was a contestant, wasn't she? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is she got oh. she's gotten second? She gotten second uh, three times, I think. Yeah, or something. Well, it's about time. Hard work does pay off. Yeah. I heard something. I, I should know this. I wrote a. I wrote an article about it. I'm just a little bit. I know that it was at least two times. She's been. She's climbed the mountain of the online boats three times, and she's gotten second twice. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I can't remember whether she got second in 2016. Um, um, but she was in the finals. I do, I think actually she was. I think it was three times she got second. But I'm very, no, no matter, I'm so, so pleased. I'm so, so pleased for her. She's such a nice person and she's a hard worker and um, mm -hmm. she's very, very funny. Her and jokes super are, talented, yeah. Her jokes so have cool. a complexity. Look, the guy is the, the caterpillar. <laughs> her jokes have a feminist complexity that um, I'm really excited to see how, how that progresses and it's already so, so good. You know, he's another person that I've just that like it was instant, like real recognizes real. Um, I met her, I met Sophie at uh, the first time I went to Just for Laughs. There was a party hosted by Jeff Ross, which mm -hmm. I know Jeff Ross, whatever, but it was this, this amazing party. And I, as you can tell, I have like a little bit of rabbit teeth, my teeth stick out. It's just part of it's just part of it's how my mouth is formed. So as a result, I always get um, lipstick on my teeth. And it's become oh. a very good judge of character for those around me um, <laughs> who, who tell me when I have lipstick on my teeth. <laughs> and she did it in such a nice, funny way. And she was like, hey, girl, you have lipstick on your teeth. And I was like, hey, you're Sophie from Vancouver. And we've just been friends ever since. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have the same gauge, but that's uh, that's very close friends will tell me when my my tux come out, and that uh, <laughs> I need to fix that. Um, <laughs> God, I hate that. Um, yeah, so Sophie Buttle is who we're talking about. Uh, we never said her full name. Check out her her comedy album and winner of a Juno. And the that's with Sophie Buttle. Yes. Yes. So check that out. That's great and and good for her because she is she is a very hardworking comedian and like to be runner up for so long. I remember hearing I heard recently something like it stuck with me behind every 
overnight success is a decade of thankless hard work or something like yeah. that. And that she reminds me of that. It's mm-hmm. yeah. sure. she didn't come out of nowhere. She's been working super hard. So congrats so on that. Writing, yeah. writers' rooms and she's I don't know. Mm-hmm. She's everywhere. Mm-hmm. She's so yeah. good. Yeah. Um, I only just met her, I guess it was last year when I did the Sirius XM competition in Vancouver and I did my asparagus joke and she went up after me. I have a joke about how asparagus, when it comes out of the ground, it looks like asparagus. That's the joke. And then she went on stage and she had the story about how she tried to garden asparagus and when it grew out of the ground, she thought that her dad was pranking her because they, they come up normal. She thought that her dad was just like coming around planting asparagus. <laughs> like, <laughs> but that's what it looks like. It does. It does. I love that joke. I really <laughs> <laughs> it's very nice and that's very deserved. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. I- about that like who does everybody miss like obviously everybody misses everybody uh in in our comedy scene but um if you had to put together a lineup of comics you could see tonight who would be on it and not your friends like like people whose comedy you are moved by by um like that you miss hearing like like in toronto or globally like toronto yeah, let's keep it Toronto. Okay. Cool. That's going to be a thinker. Rebecca Reeds. Mm. Chris Robinson. Garrett Jameson. Oh. Um, I miss Garrett Jameson. Oh, my God. Uh, I got to pick five people. There's so many good. Oh, Jackie. Jackie Pirico. Oh, my God. Yes. Um, one more. One more. There's so many. Um, you know what? Let's, let's go. Oh, gosh. The, the fifth slot. Let's say Chris Locke. Yeah. Chris Locke. <laughs> Chris Locke. Did you uh, ever see? Learning nature with Chris Locke, Luba? Yes. It's so good. Isn't it good? Like, what is adults, like, seriously, adult swim. If, um, the, I wish I knew, uh, now. Like, I, I hope, I, I was so stoked on Just for Laughs this year because, um, last year I met the, uh, I met the, uh, somebody in development at, a, at adult swim. Mm-hmm. And I was excited this year to, like, see him again and be like, hey, come to Canada, please, because there's a bunch of people. There's a bunch of, like, an all – if somebody from Adult Swim is watching this, you need to come to Canada for a week and just watch shows because the whole spectrum of, the, of, of stuff they're trying to do at Adult Swim right now, everything from their kind of, like, grittier live-action stuff to cartoons, like, we have – so much talent like Luba and then you know like the learning nature with Chris Locke should be on Adult Swim oh absolutely yeah already yeah Mm -hmm. um I would say okay my five who I picked uh I gotta say I miss Natalie Norman I miss Natalie Norman a lot Uh, oh she was she was on my list yeah I just miss just Natalie unpacking the week 
uh, on Sunday nights. Um, I miss Kyle Brownrigg. I think that Kyle Brownrigg has the, um, he has like the, like he has one of the best sets of sense of timing in the scene. And I just miss that. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Very strong. Yeah, I just, he, I can be in the fart, like, like in a mood to watch comedy, but not a mood to laugh. And his timing will just hit it so well. Uh, Tamara Siobhan, I miss Tamara Siobhan so much. She's been killing it with quarantine. Quarantine. Mm-hmm. Um, quarantine. I, I said that three times this same way. <laughs> you got um, it. But I miss <laughs> Tamara Siobhan just how, how like real she is. Uh, you said Jackie. So obviously my homegirl North End love Jackie. Um, but I got, I feel like I got to put one of my Hamilton boys on there. Ooh. Um, I, I got to put one of my Hamilton boys. I can't choose which one right now. Um, I mean, Jason Allen is so strong. Jason Allen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's say Jason Allen for sure. Yeah. He's so funny and so kind. And he just like, oh, I know. I know, stupid Mostyn. I miss John Mostyn. I miss, oh my god! I miss yes, He's John Mostyn is right now. So, yeah, him and his pie situation. Yeah. And I asked him. I'm like very devoutly gluten free, and I said, "Can you make a, a gluten free pie?" And he was like, "No," and I wouldn't make a pie for you anyway. Like me and him just roast each other all the time. Like it's just a constant. <laughs> Like I like there was a time where I actually had to check in with him, like like where I was like, Hey, I just need to have a little moment of consent. Like like we're cool. This is still like you know I'm joking when I say these <laughs> things. And he was like, I disrespect you. I, I have even less respect for you now that you've checked in about this. <laughs> uh, like he'll uh, like he just he I miss John Mostyn a lot. Yeah, John's such a sweet guy too. I I just his his face and his accent and yeah, <laughs> really really love that guy. I okay, sent my, him, sorry. I sent him a picture of uh, the scene where Michael Caine and Sandra Bullock are walking for uh, walking in Miss Congeniality, and I was like, us when comedy <laughs> bars back open. <laughs> And he was yes. like, I wonder if they have that dress in my color. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, okay, mine. Uh, you said uh, Kyle Brownrick. Yeah. Who's like no longer in Toronto. So I think I can safely, I can safely say Kate Barron. I, I oh. love Kate Barron and she, she's moved away. So I'd love to have her back. She's so great. Barron. Yeah. Every year is the year of the Baron. I I I coined that one <laughs> night when well when she got really far in the comedy brawl thing and I just mm-hmm. I got there was some yeah it was just she, it's always because she just anything she wants to do she takes on and conquers and it's year of the Baron always. Yeah, yeah. 
No, Baron's she's amazing. Uh, Natalie Norman, you said, but I love Natalie and Jess. I love Crimson Wave. I just love what they do. Um, I really miss that show particularly, and uh, especially just seeing Natalie. Uh, Hono Heresy? Yeah. I I miss her so much. Uh, just such a like, star power. I don't know. She just has yeah. great star power and great timing. Uh, Mike Carosa, I oh, miss I miss Mike Carosa's hugs <laughs> and just his enthusiasm about everything. Uh, someone I haven't seen in forever, Chris Sandiford. Chris Sandiford, I, yeah, he's so great. <laughs> I miss him to death. Have you seen him yeah. on What We Do in the Shadows? No. no. He's he has a cameo on What We Do in the Shadows, and he plays a vampire hunter. <laughs> oh my god yeah I'll, what we do in the shadows has a lot of toronto comic cameos but he has one of the larger ones and he uh he is in a vampire hunter club and he's just adorable Aww. amazing i remember seeing him in was it a tim hortons commercial and yes. it blew my mind it was because i was sitting in comedy bar with Chris Sandiford, like <laughs> in the room, and then his commercial came on the TV out in front of the cab space, and I was like, yeah. "This is life. This is so weird." <laughs> was it? Was it the gas commercial? No, it was really food. It was Tim Hortons or KFC or was it McDonald's? I don't know. I do know the one that you're talking about. Yeah, there was one recently, but yeah. Also, Did he we... do? Sorry. I was just saying, can we all also just agree that we'd all pay a million bucks to watch Brandon Ash Muhammad right now? Like, yes. <laughs> oh my God, yes. yes. The top oh. of his game as well. Just released That's an album. Yeah. Yeah. Title yeah. Black Sketch Project. Sorry? Like every, um, uh, the, the, the collective that won uh, Toronto Sketch Fest's like, grant money Mm-hmm. Is is called the Untitled Black Sketch Collective, and it's Alan Shane Lewis and Brandon Ash Mohammed and Coco and Daphne, and like a bunch of other performers. And I'm really stoked about to see what happens there. Oh wow! It's oh, um, wow. that's a powerhouse. Adonis Charlie is in it. Oh, I love him so much. Yeah. So, so much. Uh, I got to I got to have him on my show for the Chosen Family Variety Hour, and he just blew it away, blew it, blew it away. And then I got to see, no, I got to host his, uh, his Sketch Fest Thoughts and Prayers this year before everything went down. And it was yeah. such a solid show. Um, sorry, Luba, this, this, episode isn't about you at all that's okay I'm, I'm still ruminating over everyone that i didn't mention i'm like oh my god if i could see adam christie right now and like oh god mm. <laughs> so many. this is gonna be the yearbook um, episode yeah <laughs> see my buddy john blair yes i i got to see him i i brought him his camera back in on in may mm-hmm. and it it was nice to see him, but it was so sad to, it, 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 that was when I was like, oh, things are not as they were before that day. I saw Comedy Bar all shuttered 
you know, yeah. I, like, through the window and, uh, and I had to see my friend and, and not touch him. And mm-hmm. it was sad, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, things are starting to look up and, um, I think that what, one thing that's been really touching is, is how, uh, it's, it's solidified that the, the, our comedy scene is not our venues. Mm-hmm. It exists in this Dr. Seuss-like thing. It's <laughs> just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Here's yeah. my great part. Growing. <laughs> What's your favorite cartoons, Luba? Um, my favorite cartoon TV show of all time is Clone High. <gasps> Oh my god! Yes, <laughs> I love Clone Eye to death. Uh, yeah. I still have the DVD box set of Clone Eye somewhere. Clone High and Undergrads. I well, don't about, see it on my. Clone High. Tell what what was it about yes, Clone High that it was? It just was so absurd. It took relatable things in that they were all historical characters and make, brought them into high school, which is even more relatable. But then it was just this absurdist kind of humor to it. It was the best. It was just the best. That's the best way that I can describe it. Um, and it's uh, done by uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who also did later on the Lego movie, um, uh, 21 Jump Street. Um, what else? Oh God, they do all like the favorite quirky weird things think of a quirky weird thing and they've done it (laughs) yeah so clone high (laughs) and it's the type of thing where it had such an impact on you that there's a little bit of clone high in everything you do i would say yeah oh and they also did um cloudy with a chance of meatballs and that style to me is also very representative of what i want to be you know like not the 3dness of it but it's just so um it's quaint it's funny it's strange you know there's meatballs falling from the sky i know it's based on a story but they just did it so well i don't know it's yeah they what they represent is what i want to be Yeah, yeah um, there's a weird, there's a weird impressionistic element to that that I see in in your work too, where you have animated talking muffins on your <laughs> on your counter and you're interacting wait, did you see with. One oh god! <laughs> I can't wait. I absolutely can't wait. But there's a surrealism in it mm-hmm. where they're very familiar things that are out of place or that are out of sequence. And that's where the, the, the quirkiness and the craziness comes. And that's where a lot of the humor comes. Yeah. Just that's... like, what is this thing doing here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, the one, I did one with a, where I made a llama and then had an existential crisis. Like, <laughs> yeah, these are the things that I like. That was why I, I love the wave. The wave is my favorite character. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Meg McKay would get a drop-in spot on uh, on my show, on my fictional five show, uh-huh. uh, because I would. I oh, just. Yeah. Meg McKay is another person that I've always just. Our 
our chemistry was like instant. Um, and I miss her a lot. She's and, the best. Um, but I love the wave was was just such a weird character. It was so it's about this wave, <laughs> the cartoon of. Well, why don't you tell us what it's about? Sure. So it's a it's a, a wave, but it's it's a rogue wave, which and I'm very into nautical things, so I'm like, okay, I love just the mythical. There's a wave that comes out of nowhere and it can destroy everything. <laughs> um, but it's really just kind of out there doing its own thing. So I'm like, well, if that were a character, especially if it were like this little girl who's like making it on her own, um, that'd be really cute. <laughs> so it, it leaves the sea and takes to land. Uh, it goes completely rogue um, and it's cute as hell. <laughs> And I didn't see that one. Was it voiced by Meg? Mm hmm. Meg was it? I love it. I love it. Best. Yeah. And she does. I actually, if you go to my Instagram page after this, there's a little behind the scenes uh, where I did an interview with Meg where we talk about how she found the voice for the character and stuff. And I love oh. finding that out because I love, I love just giving these characters to comedians and be like, do what you want. Because when I'm thinking of it, I'm hearing their voice. But I, I'm just like, well, you go crazy. And yes, yeah. it's like, I'm a wave gun rogue. Yeah. And apparently, <sighs> she, and I don't think it made it into the video, but ultimately, I think she based that voice off of something Mark Little did out in Halifax because they were both out east for a while. Yeah. 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 Oh, there's, wow. There's these characters that you, yeah. <laughs> we're going to link your Instagram for the show, uh, for this episode for sure. So we're going to put links. I, I'll put links to that video. Um, I'm watching a lot of Mr. D. That I've been watching. Um, speaking of Mark Little, that's one of my shows I've been watching uh, uh, while I've been in quarantine. It's just like it, just because it's on and I can watch it with my mom. My mom uh, is a retired school teacher, and so she. Oh. Uh, it's so funny. Sometimes she she thinks it's funny, and sometimes you can tell that she's like, no. And she'll get indignant and she'll be like, listen, if you have to work with somebody like that, you know it's not all fun and games and that they mess everything up. And I'm like, but this is a fictional show. But it's, it's just funny to see. Sometimes sometimes she's not down with every joke on Mr. D. And um, uh, But Mark <laughs> Little's so cute on that show. Yeah. Is he done with your cartoons? Uh, no, but he headlined the first show. Um, yeah, I've always been tempted to ask him to do a voice, but I'm like, he's got a lot on his plate. <laughs> he made a cartoon, right? Gary and the, yeah. Gary and the Demons? Gary Everyone and at home, watch Gary and his Demons. It is the best. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to look that up. I <gasps> Oh, you would love I it. I haven't it's seen like it. It's high. Yeah. Yeah, it's the, uh, it's. It's so good. Um, yeah, and also helped produced by um, a friend of mine as well over at uh, Solus Animation. They do really good work. Um, yeah. A demon yeah. hunter struggles to stay interested in the earth-saving duty he never asked for and does not want. Gary is the chosen one and is burdened by this duty as he hunts demons. <laughs> so old. Oh, my God. It's on CBC Jam. Watch it at home. <laughs> oh, yay. Yeah, Mark Little. Amazing. 
How did I not know about this? You'll you'll love it. So I promise you'll love it. Yeah. It's the the vibe is so charming that um I have a friend and her name is Ariel. And she was born, she had the unfortunate um, uh, luck of being born a year before The Little Mermaid came out. Mm. So as you can imagine, she has very little patience for anything to do with The Little Mermaid and Ariel and like being called Ariel. Like she just, it, it, it's, it's kind of a no-go for her. And mm-hmm. I remember I, I, it was at Comedy Bar and I introduced her to Mark Little and he goes, really your name is ariel and i was like oh please oh 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 this is gonna not be good and he's like if you were my sister every morning i would come in and enact the whole first scene of the little mermaid and be like it's our sister ariel and he goes right (laughs) up and i'm like oh my god like this guy's in for it and she laughed she laughed she laughed it was i was like and that's where i was like this guy like butter like he he is he is undeniably good at improv. Mm-hmm. I don't. It's it's no secret. I don't love improv. Um, I uh, I I. There's undeniable merits of its. Uh, it's like it's a necessary ingredient in sketch comedy, which I love. Uh, I love improv as an exercise, um, as maybe a community building endeavor. I think that people can get really bonded in the study of improv but the performance of improv like it's it's a very small it's like mark little and maybe ann pornell and and tom hearn if he has some people who he who who came to play with tom hearn and not mm-hmm. come mm-hmm. to play over top of tom hearn uh it's a very small group of and um like and mark little is i'll, I'll i'd watch mark little do improv Mm-hmm. Oh, and Laura Silovitz. Laura Silovitz and Mark Little together. Um, of all the of all the incarnations of Mark Little, I love him the best with Laura Silovitz. Mm-hmm. That's I I agree with improv. I'm not the biggest fan of improv. Um, and it, it's it's very much it's it's more of an exercise than a performance. Um, and I think improv is. For improv to be done well, it has to be done really, really well. For like and good improv, it's a tip of the iceberg scenario where you yeah. have to be incredible for it to be great entertainment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I always just think that anytime I see um, improv, I'm always like, okay, now go and, and take, t- take a week and write this into a sketch. Mm-hmm come back yeah i miss seeing sketch comedy so much though Mm -hmm. like i miss the sound of laugh i miss the sound of laughter (laughs) (laughs) it's wild like to have june and july that's like um to have a june and july that's not uh, all about because top comic normally starts in june and i'm covering that Mm -hmm. um and that one is like top comic is an interesting thing because it it creates such a weird friction in our scene. Um, it, it's necessary. I mean, twenty five thousand dollars is twenty five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. But in the pre- prelims, when everybody's matched up, it, it's a very weird energy, um, and it goes on for a month. And so it was 
it was kind of disorienting and, and and while that's going on it's like then that month ends and then you have about 25 days till just relax mm-hmm. where you have to be on the top of your game mm-hmm. and so it was it was a that was probably one of my worst days in lockdown is the day that because i i was holding out hope i'm like no it'll be sorted it'll be sorted by july and when they they agreed that they were going to push it back it was like i i didn't even know how subconsciously i'm always preparing for that always looking forward to it Mm -hmm. and so i just kind of decided that like i was like this is going to be one of the rare june and july where i don't have um where I don't have to be like preparing for just for laughs and preparing to cover it because it's, it's strenuous to cover it and it's strenuous to cover it correctly, you know, because you go and see shows all night and then I basically get up the next morning and by the time I'm seeing the shows, my whole write up has to be done. Yeah. Um, and so I was just like, you know what, I'm going to just enjoy this month and use it as a litmus test to see how I can prepare better next year and maybe if it's worked, you know, work in more of a friendlier way. Yeah. Yeah, it is strange because with me, June and July, especially this year, like March was showcase season and I was producing a showcase that was canceled like at the 11th hour. Um, and I was getting into like March and April was where I prepare for June, uh, because it's pride month and pride is really huge. Like that's my busiest month. And then July with JFL and all of these things and just the summer season, like my, my Waterloo and Hamilton shows do a lot better. So I do like special pride editions and the anniversary edition and things like that. Um, so it was weird to be sitting like, like you said, you're taking, uh, Marty, you're taking six weeks off yep. of comedy. I, uh, I'm, I I'm kind of got taking... to a place where I needed to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you can take this time off during this time for other things. And I'm taking a week off vacation next week. And I've been spending like sitting through June and like writing uh, pitches and pilots and where I'm uh, not performing and producing. It's really weird. It's really weird. It doesn't match the season. So I get it very much. It's wild that I feel so, so bad for all queer performers, uh, during the, just the loss of capital alone in the month of June. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really wish that they, I mean, it's, it's just so, so bad because there's so some drag performers. That's a huge part of their income from the year is what they make in, in June in drag shows. Yeah. Last year, June was 50% of my income. Yeah. And it just, it like, it, they really, I feel like in some ways they haven't done enough to, open live um performance again and i think that um comedy especially i think that the park show has not done us any favors 
No. I no. think that the um, the ambiguity around his, some of the way that he treated money that was supposed to be raised for a fundraiser. I um, I and I think that when you see that at a, at a municipal level, uh, people will remember that. They will remember how this person who tr claims to be a representation of our scene is acting right now. Yeah. Um, and I, so I don't think the park show is doing us any favors. I think that the park show could have been a nice idea if it didn't get kind of um, co-opted into this, into what it is now. And I don't begrudge anybody for, to, for performing on it because uh, I probably would do the same thing. Yeah. And, yeah. and a lot of, uh, like, I, I had to grapple with whether or not to go, but when I heard that he, when I heard about the, some of the, the, the gray area and possibility of fraudulent behavior with the money that he raised, I was like, I can't take a chance supporting that, even though I support my friends performing on it. Mm-hmm. And then also from a producer standpoint as well, to manage the event so terribly and not do the due diligence where where you are informing the city that you're doing this and that you're you're preparing and actually producing this venue as you would. And then when you get in trouble to turn it into a protest show. And you know what? To, on, especially in a time where there are very valid global protests for a civil rights issue, it's it it's it struck a white guys matter string to me, and yeah. I didn't like it at all. So for all of that PR and all of that terrible publicity, I think it's it's it paints the Toronto comedy scene in in a certain light, for sure. Yeah. And I, I agree. I definitely think, unfortunately, we know more about that bad side than other people. People mm -hmm. are like, oh, did they shut down a show in the park? Oh, we got to help. But then we know the backside story that it's fraudulent and not done well. And this guy was like chiming off on comments. Yeah. Against the cause or, yeah. or you know what I mean? Um, not against the cause. I didn't read everything, but there was that one thread about the Yuck Yuck show and whatever. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we know that, but unfortunately, if you're outside of the scene, you're, you know, I don't know. It's hard. These things the are hard. public sees it differently. Yeah. You know, you yeah. should talk about something else because um, I really do think that Ben Beckis has no ability to distinguish between good and bad attention. So even the fact that we're giving him attention right now, we should move on. <laughs> yeah. Also, I don't want to get political. We're recording, so we don't want to say anything that... We can edit this out. Us, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you want to do something else for... to If, we, if you want to edit that out, do you want us to do a, a lead-in for something else? Um, no, we'll be, we'll be okay. I can, I can trim and stuff. It'll be okay. okay. And then yeah, we'll talk about what to edit out later. Honestly, um, I think that that guy doesn't, he loves, he just missed out on a few hugs and he, he has no, he's that kid in class who does not decipher good and bad attention. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, um, he'll just, it, it, and, um, 
and he just wants good like yeah 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 it's like my dog my dog will do things for negative attention yeah because yeah. he's bored <laughs> <laughs> my dog doesn't distinguish between good dog and bad dog it's just you're you're dog. paying attention to me it's just dog <laughs> yeah What's, the um, funniest, what's been a moment of humor for you in quarantine? Like, what's been something when we don't have stand-up to laugh at that's made you laugh? I'll say two things. One in the community and one not. I love watching um, Joe Pira. Um, I think that's exactly the kind of co comedy that quarantine needs. It's very calm. It's very um, wholesome. And he literally came out, there's like a 15 minute video of just him talking with like B-roll behind him. And it's literally a meditation video, but with comedy. <laughs> so good. Um, but it's so good. Um, but the first Zoom show that I did, uh, Chris Locke headlined and um, it was really fun. But until like he got on, on air, I guess, and he was doing crowd work over Zoom and watching someone so easily adjust to this new format and be so himself still, it, it gave me so much hope and it was so funny and it was just like a, such a, it was so good to feel familiar even though I was in like a really dire <laughs> situation. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, in the community, I would say, and this is a guilty pleasure, I know it's hot take, but, uh, TikTok, no. I, uh, yeah, and, and uh, in that same light, seeing comedians who take to that format, mm. um, like, like a duck to water, is that the saying? A duck to, mm -hmm. yeah, like toast to butter, I don't know, um, but to see people just directly translate, I mean, uh, Cliff Knight is doing a great job with that, if you see his TikTok, um, it's, it's little sketches, and it's character sketches, and it's, Nima. it's bits performed, sorry? Nemo is already huge on TikTok, and he's, so, yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah. gonna turn it on, you guys can keep talking, it's okay, sure. <laughs> But yeah, seeing these people just jump to TikTok and be like, this is how you do this medium. And they're not just directly translating their stand-up, but they're embracing the new medium and the new technology. I think I love that. I also love all the stupid shit that you see on TikTok. I think oh my gosh. that's a great thing about being in quarantine is, is I can make jokes that are completely dumb. Or like, so I can go off on this tangent that's so low-hanging fruit or that's so um easy but it just it makes me laugh and it makes my girlfriend laugh and it makes my friends laugh and that that's my high now like i don't have to be at the top of my game to make people laugh i can just be silly with other people who have terrible senses of humor and make uh kale puns all afternoon and that's there's nothing better than that right now is just being able to engage with friends in a really stupid way where I'm turning my comedy brain off and I'm just saying dumb yeah. shit. Mm -hmm. Making those organic laughs. Um, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of, um, I gotta say Nima and Mark Anthony, they were already like doing TikToks before 
quarantine and I would I have to say he was he's just gotten more funny since quarantine and he really mm-hmm. just makes the most of as a creator he's so inspiring because he uses everything that's available to him his jokes are always his own they're always rooted in his own reality uh and then just like so relatable and even if it when he does ethnic humor it's like um it's it's not so racial it's from the perspective of like a new canadian you know what i mean as as somebody who's like um a first generation canadian who's contemporary and it's just it's like his neighborhood uh and that's what i really like <laughs> um uh buffet buds was really funny too mark anthony mm-hmm. and jj lieberman released a show about smoking weed and going to buffets and it was just kind of it's nice to watch at a time where you can't go to eat go out to eat with your friends like going to a buffet is like that yeah totally can't happen it's I don't also know really nice to see jj lieberman in something where he's tolerable as well and yeah. he's actually he funny. A controlled, it's a, a controlled <laughs> energy um craig j lieberman when you see that yeah. he's um it's a very because mark anthony's so placid they balance each other's energy out yeah yeah it has that jay and silent bob dynamic or the the (laughs) roadrunner and wiley coyote dynamic and i don't even i don't and this is just a personal thing i don't love stuff that centers around food all that much Mm -hmm. uh but that one he messaged me and he was like hey can you review my show? Uh, because I, I, that's something in his comedy that kind of, I have to um, acknowledge that even though I don't find it funny, it really works well. And it's a, it's a part of his humor because weight is a part of his humor. And mm-hmm. so uh, when I watched that show, I was like, okay, I'll probably get a few episodes into it. And then the excess of all that eating will probably get to me. Like I, I've made jokes to him about that. Um, uh, and then I, it was a really funny show and I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, and I'm trying to think of like stuff, uh, revisiting outside of our comedy scene. I've been really, since I, we wrote, um, the, since I wrote that article on you, Luba, I've been revisiting cartoons a lot. Oh yeah. So one thing I've been doing is I, I've been watching, I was never allowed to watch The Simpsons growing up. So I've been re-watching The Simpsons in French. Oh, in French. Oh. Yeah. I've been re-watching it in English on Disney Plus because it's available. Mm-hmm. What's, um, let's talk about The Simpsons for a minute. I, I'll, I'll be honest, these lights are really broken and will be <laughs> flickering a lot because we're out of light. I can't, um, see I can't see it. It's not flickering too bad. It's all right. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I'm like, they, every now and then they go like, Mrr. yeah, yeah. We are. Go, What's the sound they make? That, that's well, that's just the sound that I make to make them go, Mrr. but they really do go like in and out. But yeah. do it again. What is it? How does it go? It's <laughs> <laughs> human life. That's why I wrote. That's why I wrote 800 words about what a genius you are. You're genius. <laughs> yes. It's not put on or contrived. <laughs> we also do have to wrap up shortly enough. So this whole um, video is going to 
look like I don't have a shirt on. I have a shirt on. <laughs> this is my pride shirt. Last time I wore it was to um, the day <laughs> the day the Raptors won the championship. Do you want to know what I was doing? Uh, I went to go see Tom Hearn's show at Second City. Oh. And it was like all of the all of the queer people who like didn't like basketball enough or care even enough to be invited to a party. So it was Which is just all like, but three queer people. Yeah. Yeah. And and we and so it was all these like all these people that love Tom Hearn and we were at his show. And when the din went off, we were all like, oh my God, we need to get out of here. This is going to be like, <laughs> what is waiting for us beyond these doors? Yeah. Oh, that was absolute chaos too. Uh, did we want to, are we talking Simpsons? Did we yeah, want to like, finish like, off with the Simpsons? What do we want to talk about? Because I, in my experience, like looking back, I watched a lot of the Simpsons when I was younger and it informed so much of my comedy. Like just there, the writing is so incredible. Um, and then in this, uh, in this like hyper-liberal post me to era going back and revisiting the simpsons and asking yourself like was that really racially or culturally insensitive or are they really addressing that in a, in a fun way that's what that's what i'm watching the simpsons about right now is like we can't rewrite history and rewrite the past and this is such a great time capsule for um for social and cultural understandings of that time. And the show has been on for 30 plus years now. So they've always been so progressively forward with that. So that it's a great cross section of our culture of like what was funny and what styles of comedy were funny. Um, and very much like they adapted in a very David Bowie-esque way to different comedy styles of their times where it started out with like, Chuck humor about an abusive dad and a kid who swears a lot and then becoming this weird uh socially conscious kind of um social feedback show and then it became a little political and then again got a bit pop culture and then I don't know what it is what you can explain it now but it had these phases mm -hmm. that moved with comedy of the times and I love watching it for that that is um, true. Yeah, it definitely went in shifts. Like it goes from a hard family tone to a hard political tone. Um, mm -hmm. And obviously each character brings different elements of that stronger. So those elements are always there. But as far as the writing, it definitely like, like all the jokes, um, I would say maybe five to 10 years ago, every kind of underhanded joke had like a political undertone, it felt like. Whereas before, it's just like, like when in the Conan years, it was just like really weird. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I guess that comes with, with writing teams circling, cycling in the mm. world. But yeah. yeah. Marty, what did you want to talk about with The Simpsons? What? Um, I, was, I was never allowed to watch it, but yeah. um, I, it's interesting how, it's such a cultural force that even though I um, was never allowed to watch it, I have my favorite episodes. I have memories attached to The Simpsons. Mm -hmm. Like, like mm -hmm. 
And so that was why I was, I'm watching it in French now, uh, just because it's so ridiculous to watch in French. Uh, I, I, uh, understand some of it, but also it's, um, but my favorite episode of the Simpsons, uh, I have nothing as deep, as deep to say about it, but it's just such a, it's such a language of comedy. Like it's, <laughs> it influences people's comedy, um, in such a huge way. I watch Conan now and I'm a big fan of Conan. I have a lot of respect for Conan because he looks the most like Trump, but doesn't do Trump. Mm. You know? Um, True. And uh, he kind of, he tries to go the extra mile and make sure that his show is, um, is not endorsing the bigotry of of that the leader of that country but is a place uh, is a place of kind of escape from it you know uh and so i've always liked that he uh that zany language of um conan and then by the time futurama came around i love that it looked like the simpsons and mm -hmm. so i'm a big futurama fan uh and it, it's such a layered show it's yeah. such a layered show um uh, my favorite episode of The Simpsons, obviously, the, all the Halloween ones. Uh, yes, Treehouse of Horror. Sideshow Bob is kind of like my weird cartoon crush. Oh, a thousand percent. Yes. Yeah. I, there's something sexy about Sideshow Bob. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then, I don't know what that says about me. Yeah. But, um, and then I really like the episode where they think Mr. Burns is an alien. <laughs> Yes, the X-Files episode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I love that episode. That stands out in my memory as like a big episode when it came out. Absolutely. Absolutely. What would my favorite episode be? I think the one where Bart is prescribed a, um, a medication for his behavioral disorder, sort of like a Ritalin. And mm -hmm. then oh, yeah. he... Uh, uh, he discovers a conspiracy where uh, Major League Baseball is keeping data with satellites and then Mark McGrath comes and does a cameo at the end. I think that episode <laughs> was the greatest. Yeah. That would have been my favorite episode. Luba, do you have a favorite? Uh, yeah, it's called Cape Fear and it's a Sideshow Bob heavy episode. And it's the classic one where he steps on the rakes. Yes. Yeah, I'm like, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> uh, what does yes. that say about us, Luba, that both we both like Sancho Bob heavy episodes? Because he's, I, he's, <laughs> he's Frasier. He, you know, <laughs> he like sings mm -hmm. opera and he's like a Quote very- Shakespeare and he. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's, he's so, he's such a vulnerable villain. He's so, he's, for as smart as he is, he's so dumb. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah, him. he was very much a critique of intellectualism, I find. Mm -hmm. and, and intellectual elitism, which I really enjoy. Because he's outsmarted by, a, by an eight-year-old yeah. boy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's our favorite Simpsons episodes. I think that's a great place to finish up. Yeah. Yeah. What do we all think? Are we feeling good? 
Please, everybody, check out the article. Um, it's on this great new site called Parton and Pearl, which was started by Damien Nelson at Sketchfest. Um, and she wanted to kind of uh, create a site that she hadn't seen yet. Um, and so it is all about Canadian comedy and Canadian country music. And it was inspired by the, the title comes from a picture of Dolly Parton and Minnie Pearl together. So it's mm -hmm. called Parton and Pearl. And um, the piece is called Labor of Luba. Labor of Luba. I love it. Check it out. The website is amazing. That article is so brilliant. I love I love both of you and what you do. So that marriage of, of the two of you is great, great, great. Um, Luba, do you have anything coming up that you wanted to pitch or? Um, just my socials because I'm going to keep throwing some stuff out there. So yes. Um drawn uh, up so new video comes out tomorrow uh the 30th 30th of june so yeah, yeah. it'll be out by the time this comes out so we i'll post links to all of those but definitely mm -hmm. check out Luba's youtube channel all the drawn up videos and all of her socials um doing great great stuff as for me, I have a bunch of stuff. I hopefully we were talking about about shows kind of opening up and fingers crossed that Comic Sans is back in Waterloo in August. Um, but also July 22nd, we're doing our uh, our second virtual show on Twitch. So that's going to feature. Uh, I'm really excited about it because it's going to feature a lot of strong uh, female POC voices, black and people of color, uh, comedians, um, some of my favorite comics and it'll be a fundraiser, uh, going to two charities that, uh, that support black, uh, black trans women. So one is a black trans women's, uh, protesters bail fund. And another one is a fund for homeless black trans women. So, uh, hoping that is a big success and we get to raise some money for that until uh we can we can be back on on our stages and yeah. until then we'll continue what all of us need to remember is is that throughout history when when art has had to stop and when it, it that everybody just keep your skills sharp because there will be such a burst of creativity and, and people will want to laugh and people will want to have fun and be together and just however you can, however it feels good, everybody needs to just keep their skills sharp. Even if that means maybe, you know, like doing something else for a minute, but we will, all, I, I'm so touched at how our scene, as I said before, our scene is not our venues. Our scene exists, um, amongst all of us and and how we've kept it together and and that's what why this podcast is so cool for you to commemorate and see that and in terms of what i have coming up is always just just hashtag young modern laughs young mm -hmm. y-o-u-n-g a questionable career decision of my <laughs> i i um i wanted to it was easier to get don't just a decision I've had to live with. So young, Y-O-U-N-G-E, modern laughs, uh, hashtag, that hashtag's on everything. So yeah, thank you so much for having us. And I miss you, but I'll, I'll see you all real, real soon. 
Yes. Yes. We'll see each other (laughs) hopefully sooner than later. Thank you both for being on the show. This was a wonderful conversation and it felt like hanging out with great friends. So that was, that was great. I, I hope for the best for, for all of you and keep in touch.